We've been waiting for you, Miss O'Neill. What? Am I behind on my Sony payments again? <laughs> Your mouth may yet bring you much trouble, Miss O'Neill. I deliver a message. <laughs> Shut it. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 59 of Vague Zone. I am Daniel. I'm Thomas. And today we are discussing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from 1990, directed by Steve Barron and starring pff, the Turtles, I guess. I don't know. Corey Feldman's <laughs> in it. <laughs> uh, yeah, whatever. But uh, Thomas, will you read for us the IMDb synopsis before we get into it? Absolutely. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, 1990. Four Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles emerge from the shadows to protect New York City from a gang of criminal ninjas. God, I can't say that with a straight face. Um, yeah, I think it's pretty much says says it all right there. That's uh, TMNT. Uh, yeah, heroes in a half shell, all that. Thomas, yeah, cartoon from our, our childhood. Before we get into it. Uh, what was your relationship with the team? Like, first off, have you seen this before? And like, what was your relationship with the Ninja Turtles growing up? Really happy you asked me that because yeah, <laughs> I think that's really integral to sort of how I enjoyed and sort of received this movie because yeah, it's like I'm a '90s kid, but literally born in 1990, so mm -hmm. uh, like definitely wasn't watching this movie or its sequels growing up. Really, yeah. um, I remember I had like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles like a bed spread at one point, but never really cared too much about you know having my favorite turtle or like watching the cartoon or even the comic books. I wasn't really familiar with anything from it. Maybe a couple of toys, but yeah. Even, so they made a lot of reboots and. Uh, video games and different incarnations of uh, yeah. TMNT over the time, over the, my lifetime. And so I've always just kind of just been apathetic to it. So watching this in the middle of the day while having some nice cheese and salami and a little white wine, it paired very well wow. with just the, just the batshit insanity of this movie. And You didn't have pizza? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> no, let's just do a little bit of, yeah, just a little cheese, a little pepperoni, a little bread. Okay, there you go. So yeah, that's my connection to to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is not much. And so watching this movie was truly bizarre. What about you? Uh, I mean, I liked the turtles as a kid. I liked the cartoon. Um, I don't know. I, I collected the toys, and okay. I think this and Power Rangers like got me really into martial arts as a kid. Um, I think I was Power only Rangers, I was only for sure. yeah I was born in '88, so I was still pretty young when this came out i didn't see this one in the theaters i don't even think i saw the second one i, I did see the third one in theaters though okay. um, which was weird um but yeah <laughs> i so yeah so I'll, I'll get into my thoughts on this movie um this movie it's really special to me because of my ninja uh turtles phase as a child um okay. but <laughs> Yeah, watching this for the podcast is kind of weird because it's like I got to take notes. I got to have a thought for every scene. And by the time the movie's over, I got to like figure out my overall feelings towards it. Um, and it has a lot of dumb jokes. Uh, it's kind of cringy at times. Um, yeah. But I think if it didn't have that kind of, you know, not great humor, uh, it would be a pretty strong movie otherwise because... 
The costumes look incredible. The martial arts and the acrobatics are pretty impressive considering that they're wearing these giant turtle costumes. Yeah. Uh, I love the look and the style of the city, like New York City, late 80s, early 90s. It's got this grit to it. Um, there are these like strange moments of sincerity that are really mind blowing to me in this movie. Yes. So, yeah. so to spoil like a major moment in this movie, there's a moment in the movie where these teenaged mutant ninja turtles have lost <laughs> their sensei, uh, who is a, a man-sized <laughs> Japanese rat who also looks incredible, by the way. And so these teenaged mutant ninja turtles are at this farm sitting around a campfire and they're meditating and a sort of astral projection of their Japanese rat sensei appears in the flames and tells them that he is proud of them, that he loves them, and that they are his sons. And then he disappears and all of the turtles start crying. And it is insane that this is like such a sincere, tender moment in this movie about teenaged mutant ninja turtles. Yeah, my note during that, also, this is like some fucking Jedi shit, man. Like, like fucking Master Splinter yeah. shows up above the flames and he's like in light blue and yeah, it's just set in the forest. And yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a damn good scene. Yeah, there's like some odd moments in the beginning where he's just like, dropping knowledge on them casually but they're just like doing dance routines and ordering pizza and just like just yeah. not paying attention but also doing it's like oh, free bogart and shit. <laughs> yeah like it's just like it's so fucking over the top but i was like this is incredible like if we're just talking purely about just uh where this yeah, place general is reactions with, yeah with other uh 90s movies i was like yeah well she's like i don't know the, the costumes were a little alarming to me and i think this movie is kind of aware of that too, because like when it gets the the first title card, it's like there's no one even on screen. Like they're still in the in the shadows before they yeah. actually like show up. Like uh, one frame after, which I thought was kind of funny. They get obscured in the darkness quite a bit throughout this movie. Where if we can put them in the shadows of a shot, we'll put them in the shadows of a shot just to sort of let that be fine. But yeah, once you sort of get used to them, like yeah, it's like it's really sincere it's yeah the fucking uh, master splinter is great he it's, it's a really solid kung fu movie and like the the soul of this movie yeah so yeah, i'm with you it does feel special it's, yeah it, it you mentioned when we were talking about some horror films a few weeks ago when you're saying 70s movies have like a specific like a they have they feel like kind of foggy and kind of sticky and kind of just yeah, like, like a little dirtiness to them yeah. yeah it's like dirty i feel like 90s movies have this kind of like dreamlike haze to them a little yeah. bit at least like some of the later especially this Elm is street movies feel like that too this is a new line movie right yeah yeah it's new line cinema yeah and like new line movies i think they have a lot of that quality yeah where it's just like it's really like foggy and hazy like yeah the streets of new york feel very dreamlike and it sort of adds to the the quality of the fact that yeah like you have this guy named shredder who's like decked out and like he looks like dark darth vader when he first shows up yeah, on screen it's definitely like just, there's like this really comical 90s like punk hangout scene inside this like warehouse with all these kids and yeah like he just shows up and everyone kind of just goes silent and just, he just walks in he's got the razors on his shoulders and shit and yeah it, it, i don't know it, it is it's just dripping with a lot of that charisma and just just adoration for just the absurdity of what it is. So it, it's just, it's such, it, it becomes such a fun movie at, at the result of that. And so like, even the way, yeah. And there's like this weird, like, I don't know, like the way uh, Shredder is 
introduced he's introduced shadow first like you see this elongated shadow on the ground and then he comes into frame with his like shiny knife armor and uh (laughs) there's like this i don't know it's cinematic (laughs) it is it is a cinematic it's cinematic in a way that a lot of movies aren't um yeah yeah and like you wouldn't expect a movie about teenage mutant ninja turtles to be uh it's kind of weird yeah i was thinking that while watching i was like you can pluck this movie put it out right now and like just put the little marvel sticker in front of it and it would so it would would, like it would make sense within the context of they would have to update the jokes a little bit (laughs) a little bit yeah but i feel like the just the way that the engine of this movie is and just like how like yeah like splinter gets kidnapped and so like he's kind of with the lair and like we spend some time just building like this little ragtag army like of like like of punk kids who sort of rebel against him and i feel like a lot of those beasts are super familiar with stuff we've seen that in the last like you know five years ten years and just it's super darker and obvious it's just been changed and remixed but as i was watching this i was like yeah this feels like this could be a, a blockbuster movie that would come out right now and have that same sort of just just goofiness but also just plot progression and then they actually did do the reboots which i haven't seen but they're produced by michael bay i'm not sure if he i think i'm not sure if he directed the first one i know he didn't direct the second one but um yeah Yeah, they're just they looked ridiculous i don't know megan fox is april (laughs) o'neill i don't know what they're doing sexy Um, april o'neill but then it's also like how upset can i be about a teenage mutant ninja turtles movie someone doing a bad job with the teenage mutant ninja turtles movie it's it's a property that it is incredible that it got anything close to a good movie this property yeah yeah definitely um yeah it's it's weird because a lot of 90s movies get held to i don't know a lot of a lot of scrutiny or just get put up on this big pedestal and so I think, yeah, for them to just be able to function and be solid, you know, it's it, it works for me, and like I don't need much more than it to be just a a somewhat um, like a mindless movie with a lot of heart. And so, yeah. yeah, it's I, kind of just. Ridiculous. I feel like they should have they should have made it an '80s period piece. Like, bring it back to the '80s if you're gonna do one of these <laughs> movies. Like, have them skateboarding in the tunnels and like neon signs and fighting you know, uh, leather jacket punk rockers in the streets and stuff like that. Like, make it feel like the video games, you know? Have a dominatrix, uh, yeah. one of the villains. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I feel that, because it, it does, it's a little bit more in the direction of where things went with the 90s, where it's a little bit darker, a little bit more, I, I don't know, it does have skateboarding and stuff like yeah. that inside of, but it's, I don't know, yeah, not as neon lit. It's more just like, we're going to do this, in the sewers are <laughs> just gonna just be just shoot at that backstory and i love that we get the the actual backstory when uh master splinter explains it to april o'neill and he's like yeah like i like was living under here like <laughs> like yeah. it does the whole backstory like scratching the uh dude's face and coming to, <laughs> to new york city and then seeing the turtles inside of an actual like vat of new, uh, new like neon green nuclear goo yeah <laughs> which is like... also a very weirdly cinematic thing because as he's telling the story he kind of just exists within this black void yes yeah and then yeah. we cut to his flashbacks and stuff and it's like weirdly, yeah, so this is a stage play <laughs> it's very creative and like yeah. the the little splinter puppet is fantastic like the fucking muppet team uh yeah great work yeah. here man yeah, Jim Henson's Muppet team. 
based in I think it was based in London is when they were doing this work just just based off of the Wikipedia page but yeah they did doing really great work with like yeah not only the turtles but yeah Master Splinter looks really great little fuzzy uh, human sized rat (laughs) diving on Shredder's face and stuff like that um I gotta mention the yeah the Foot Soldier HQ like with a it's got skateboarding ramps it's got a dude playing bass it's got arcade games kids smoking (laughs) kids smoking cigarettes and cigars and gambling and stuff um every time we go to a barcade emily says it reminds her of the foot soldier hq from this movie and (laughs) i kind of agree with that because it's totally the same vibe Um, yes i think the Uh, the headquarters is way more is way cooler though uh what it makes me think of when april o'neill is giving her first like uh, news report slash like kind of monologue in the beginning, just kind of explaining the state of New York City. I was like, is this like a, a dare sponsored movie? Did like the to like the D A R E anti drug company like sponsor this movie? Because yeah. like when we get to that scene inside of the lair, I was just like, yeah, like there's like uh, the arcade game. I think is like specifically like a yeah, vice don't, game. Winners don't <laughs> yeah. use drugs or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, oh, this is interesting. Like they're like going to, uh, the extra length to sort of do like this '90s anti-drug thing. So like this is, yeah, that's like deep in the crack era at that point. So like I don't know, maybe they're just like, okay, we need to. I mean, it'd be set in New York City. It's gonna <laughs> address some sort of like just. It's, the city's bad, but we can't say it's like drug dealers and that kind of thing bad. And so it's, it's, like, it's muggings and like it's yeah, <laughs> it's a PG movie for kids where it's like you can yeah. only show them being so bad. It's yeah, like oh, yeah. they smoke cigarettes. Like, yeah, they're they're in there playing bass. Listening yeah, to, <laughs> skateboarding, <laughs> graffiti. It's a, it was a Just five all, string bass. All the too. shit that you want to do <laughs> as a kid. Yeah. 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 Yeah, shit, shit look rad. Look, he was having a good like they yeah. were having a good time while making this. And yeah, a lot of the fight scenes are like like pretty solid too. I want to ask what you thought about that uh, upon rewatch because I'd never seen this before, so I was just like, as long as it's not like too like I don't know overcut, it was like it's fine. But they look all right. They kind of move kind of slow, slow and steady. But you know, it was pretty. Uh, it worked. Yeah, like I said, I think it's super impressive what they're able to do with these giant costumes. Um, there's a scene towards the end when they're fighting Shredder where one of the turtles, and it's it's conveyed in one shot, so it really happened. One of the turtles is like rolling forward over and over, like somersaulting, yeah. and then he gets up and then he like punches someone. And it's like, yeah, yeah. how hard is it to do that in that costume? First off, the costume has to be pretty sturdy with to withstand all that too. But um, yeah, I don't know how they had to design it with mobility in mind and these uh performers really make it work i think uh the performer who plays raf is the only person who simultaneously performed in the suit and did the voice work uh everyone else it's a disconnect it's a different actor in the costume than does the voice but yeah i think it's raf josh josh pies or whatever josh pies Hmm. yeah i was just going to say i thought the fight inside I think it's April's house when the the Foot Clan shows up and it like they like light it on fire and they're like like that entire scene is pretty interesting and a lot of fun. It's just like this is getting like yeah really over the top and like intense for like this like kids movie. But yeah, it's like they're burning down her apartment and like they're just storming in there, just like sending goons in. And I, was, I don't know, it's pretty. It's a good moment. And once again, pure like a pure cinema moment when uh. The place is burning down. 
and they're driving away, we get a shot of April looking out the back window of the car, and we see the reflection of the fire in the car, uh, in, the, in, the, in the back window. And it's Thanks. like, it reminds me, there's this movie called Next of Kin, this like uh, Australian horror movie. And that movie ends with like uh, this woman driving. She gets into a truck. The camera gets into the bed of the truck. And we're seeing uh, through the back window of the truck, the back of her head, and then out the front window of the truck as she's like driving away from this uh, gas station that's on fire. And so it's, it's all one shot. She like, we see her look back and then the camera starts to pan like uh 180 to look at the gas station and as it's panning it pans across this sign that uh i think it's supposed to uh say like uh it's like a rating a color score of like the fire danger or something like that but anyways the camera pans across the sign and as it's panning across the sign the sign glows up orange and Mm -hmm. then the camera finishes panning to the gas station and we see that there's been an explosion and so the whole thing blew up and we only knew it blew up because we saw the light bouncing off of this sign and then it continues oh, to blow uh, okay. up some more, but it's really, it's really interesting. That's and, awesome. uh, I, like that. <laughs> I don't know. This scene just reminded me of that. And it's like, it's so weird that we're getting these really great visual moments in a fucking Ninja Turtles movie. And also we got to mention edited by Sally Menke of, uh, Quentin Tarantino's longtime collaborator. Um, this was her first movie. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, that's that, yeah, that's really rad. Yeah, shout out to Sally Mankey. Uh, uh, yeah, I have to point. <laughs> yeah, def- yeah, definitely rest in peace. Um, I have to fucking point out the great scene where I forget exactly what inspires it, but uh, where Raphael goes to the roof to sort of like punch the air and do cartwheels in frustration after. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I forget what exactly um, leads uh, him into doing that, but yeah, I don't know. I just thought that it, I don't know, it reminded me of something just like very much of like, yeah, this is sort of like what a, a really infantile kid would do is just like go and like yeah. punch at the air and like really let their anger out in a, yeah. uh, in, in a sort of adolescent type of way. But yeah, it's like, I don't know, just the, the, the characters of the turtles themselves really sort of got to me, which is like, yeah, like I wasn't. You know, I don't really like have a certain fate. I still don't think I have a favorite, but I do appreciate the fact that their personality is shown through enough to sort of like be like actual story beats in the movie and everything. And so like, yeah, Raphael sort of going off on his own and like, uh, you know, sort of getting caught by the Foot Clan first or, you know, uh, I think it's Leonardo who has like the more like emotional outbreak towards the end, like in the fight, like against shredder i don't know so I, I just thought that like, that was sort of i get him kind of confused <laughs> so yeah i know rap is the one who has like the most story in this but yeah he's otherwise like, yeah, i get him kind of confused he's like the angsty teenagery one that yeah. like yes yeah, like go off and do his own thing but yeah i don't know just yeah leonardo doing the thing at the end and yeah i don't know it, it, it's sort of it was it was helpful that they do have uh, some chemistry i do it is tough to sort of tell them apart sometimes especially when the colors are red and orange and blue and purple. Right so now, sometimes yeah. it's just like, it's fucking kind of, and I'm like partially colorblind. So it's like, it, I, it's, you, I get colors confused like way more. So yeah. Yeah. It's easier for me to remember them by their, uh, weapons. So yeah. Yeah. Weapons and personality. And so, yeah. Also the, yeah, it has a nice, 
nunchuck scenes because you can't have a, a 90s kung fu movie nunchucks and, so and that also goes back Duel. to uh the skill on display here because these costumes only have three fingers and they're doing nunchuck work with them very impressive <laughs> amazing dexterity <laughs> yeah uh what do you <laughs> think of impressive. what do you think of our human characters april and casey jones uh they're cool i mean yeah i thought casey jones looked a little older like i, like I wasn't like i'm not really <laughs> familiar with like how old they're supposed to be or, or whatever in comparison but i was like mm-hmm. casey jones looks like borderline 20s like 30s and yeah. everyone else is supposed to be like younger age or whatever but i don't know april o'neill she's an adult she works at a uh she's a news reporter she has a job in a very nice apartment <laughs> so like, i don't know um, i think it's weird that all the turtles want to fuck april like they love her they, they, they're, they're absolutely they're absolutely crushing on her I, mean, I guess they're teenagers, yeah. so they're hormonal. But <laughs> it's like it has to be mentioned in some way. But yeah, there's nothing that could come forth of this in this PG-rated movie. It's like she's not gonna end up kissing one of these. That's why I was like, I hope like, I haven't seen any of these other ones. But I was like, yeah, I hope this doesn't get into that uh, territory. The Ninja Turtles and April were on some show. I think it was like Sally Jesse Raphael or something like that in the '90s. And the performers in the costumes in April, they're all just kind of like improvising when they're being interviewed. And it's deeply uncomfortable when oh, like they're, t- <laughs> they're talking about like their affection for April O'Neil. It, uh, <laughs> it is a bad time. Guys, let me ask you this. Do you sometimes wish that April was a turtle? Whoa, oh, definitely. Oh, conceptually, that works for me. You know, I'm a turtle. Where you going? Oprah, man, I cracked myself up. <laughs> Oprah, I've been trying to talk her into an interspecies relationship for months now. Whoa, whoa, well, Chill, man. And she won't do it. Huh? She can't no, hold her breath. No, she can't do it. The biggest problem is she can't hold her breath long enough, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's so strange. It's fucking strange. It's very strange. Yeah, so I was like, yeah, like just as a, a pitch entirely like this works way more conceptually as a cartoon or something animated so it can be a little bit more i don't know distant with <laughs> just with, with just those ideas and so yeah to have it be live action it's a 90s yeah movie. the yeah, pitch it's the pitch is fucking weird <laughs> it's it's like okay well, there's these turtles they live in the sewers and they're all ninjutsu uh, they're all yeah. into ninjutsu, and their uh, their sensei's a their sensei's a rat, and they watch this news reporter April, and they all want to fuck April. Yeah, they all love yeah. April. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it's, it's and they all, love pizza, it's on the, the border. Uh, it's all, really it's on the border. <laughs> yeah, it's it's right on the border, and yeah, I don't know. It, <laughs> it is some. It could be very troubling easily, but luckily what we get is this nice Corey Feldman little comedy. Mikey's a party like, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just. Yeah, like surfer bros, and they're just hanging out. They love to eat pizza. They love kicking butt. Uh, yeah, fucking uh, Master Splinter is giving pretty passable slash somewhat uh, inspirational yeah. uh, bits of knowledge. And so all of his teachings, I think, are some of the highlights in the movie because, you know, it, it's be filled with puns and silly shit. But yeah, when we do get to have his moments, like, okay, it's a little bit of a nice... It's, it's uh, a nice detour, a nice little breadth of you know something more serious because it is talking about kung fu and you know this old gotta be a, supposed... a master of the mind not just of the body and all that yeah that's that's, that's good stuff mm-hmm. i don't care who you are that's that's good stuff to know um not that like probably like six years ago or something like that um at the roxy theater in 
San Francisco, they did a screening of Ninja Turtles 1 and 2, a double feature, and they had all-you-can-eat pizza, uh-huh. and it was fucking awesome. It was a great way to enjoy these movies. Um, I also, I think, later that week, I watched, there was an animated movie, or like an animated long episode or something that I watched, where it's it's like a multiverse thing, where the Ninja Turtles of whatever year that cartoon was out met up with the ninja turtles from the 90s and they also hmm. met up with the, the black and white ninja turtles from the comic book um okay it's kind of neat <laughs> <laughs> that's fun uh because yeah this started off as a comic and it was supposed to be kind of a spoofing what's that guy's name the guy who did sin city uh frank frank something frank miller yeah uh yeah it was supposed to be kind of spoofing frank miller with like this super serious style uh like edgy noir but it's fucking turtles, and that's the joke. Huh. Uh, and the 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 Foot Clan is a playoff of the Hand, which I think is from Daredevil. Um, okay. So it's like there's the foot, and then there's the hand, and yeah, I don't know. It was just it was just making fun of comic books, kind of. And then they were gotcha. like, "Hey, let's turn this into like a kids show and make it less edgy <laughs> and more yeah. silly." Yeah, I did not know that the origins of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, yeah. but that does make sense. It has sort of like. Uh, like a parody sort of built within it just just the nature of just yeah those pulpy comic books of that era yeah i think it's like uh men in black started as a comic book too and they were fighting they're fighting aliens and i think like occultists and stuff and i think they just used regular guns and like actually like killed people and stuff the mask (laughs) go ahead i just watched i just watched the mask with a korean co-worker of mine and yeah we like watching the mask and i was like yeah this is like based off of a comic that must be strange Did you, have you read it at all no I the mask is like kind of a dark comic also it's i think the first issue or something he puts the mask on and then he like murders his girlfriend and then leaves her oh, body Jesus. in a dumpster yeah god damn he like becomes uh, like a psycho killer yeah that's fucked up. Uh, Speaking, uh, you mentioned dumpster in that sentence. Uh, I have to bring up: Does Shredder just get fully crushed yeah, in the garbage truck? Casey Jones just murders Shredder in this movie. Holy shit! I was watching. And he just that says, and I was "Oops." Like, <laughs> um. Yeah, I thought that was a really interesting choice because I was, I was like, okay, this is gonna end with him like being hauled off to the police, and NYPD is no. gonna come book him or he something gets like that. Crushed but to death. No, it just <laughs> it put him inside this this truck and it's mob justice. And then and, yeah. Splinter just says cowabunga, and they all laugh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great ending. It's fucking dark. It's, <laughs> it's, it's real fucking dark. Yeah, I was, I was stoned while watching this movie, and I was this is like this might be like the greatest '90s movie ever because it, it just it just does not give a single fuck in some of these moments. It is a time capsule, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like that Raphael goes out in a trench coat to go sneak to the movies, and he's just a turtle in a trench coat. And... Yeah, no one fucking notices. <laughs> I don't. How did? Yeah, how did that uh, purchase ticket purchase go? I don't know. Even Casey Jones, when he's first fighting him, he's like, you some kind of punk or something? And it's like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? This guy's clearly a turtle. Yeah. Or he's, like, horribly swollen. So uh, did Casey Jones also use hockey sticks as weapons in the cartoon? Uh, I remember him from the video game. I don't quite remember him from the cartoon, but, yeah, he did use hockey sticks. I think it was the video game. Maybe I am remembering the cartoon. 
Yeah, this was uh, there was a lot of stuff that I was like somewhat familiar with, but yeah, kind of diving deeper into just the entire world can sort of be kind of jarring. So I'm just like, okay, yeah, it's just a, he's a hockey kid, and April O'Neil is just badass sleuth reporter. That's fucking great. I love her. Yeah, it's weird, like the Google <laughs> results for Ninja Turtles because you get the people all people also ask suggestions, and it's yeah. like, who were the Ninja Turtles killed by? What three Ninja Turtle died? What three Ninja Turtle <laughs> died? Who killed Raphael TMNT? <laughs> it's uh, like, okay, there's been a lot of developments spoil- in this franchise, I guess. Deep spoilers. Yeah. Had to, they had to kill the badass. I don't know. I mean, Nickelodeon is still put, pumping these uh, cartoons out, so maybe uh, some wild shit has happened. Um, any other thoughts on Ninja Turtles? No, but it does make me just briefly think about this whole Chris... I, I mean, we might be segueing away from it, but yeah, it's making me think about just the whole Chris Pratt thing, like him getting criticism for getting cast as Mario in this Mario movie, and then now as Garfield in this upcoming Garfield movie. Yeah. And so people are like, we want voice actors, but I'm like, if this movie sounds like it's going to be shitty, like, just might as well just hire yeah, someone who cares? who's just... Like, it's like, <laughs> yeah. Why does anyone have that strong of opinion about the Super Mario Brothers casting? Uh, unless yeah, unless exactly. it was gonna be like something you were intrigued by, like I was I was intrigued when I found out Ben Schwartz was doing Sonic the Hedgehog because it's like what the fuck? Why is Ben Schwartz doing Sonic the Hedgehog? Yeah, yeah, that's sort of yeah in the same category too. But yeah, I don't know. Just for be like yeah, like oh like fuck, like fuck Chris Pratt for being in these movies. It's like well, like I don't care too much about Garfield, and I'm sure you didn't care too much about Garfield yeah, either. Care, so like know. it's like yeah, it's like. <laughs> Yeah, but Mario seems like it'd be an interesting thing to to turn into uh, a live action movie again. But I don't yeah. know. I I like the live action movie. I know it's fucking insane, but yeah, uh, yeah. it is at least they fucking tried something because you play that game and it has no story. And they were like, "What if it's about evolution?" And there's a dinosaur <laughs> world yeah. and the fungus. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, they they extracted a lot of weirdness out of that game and. God bless them for their creativity. Yeah, that, like I remember watching that movie for the first time. It was like late in the high school. Forget exactly when. Just up in the middle of the night, like literally, like it's like eleven, twelve, getting close to the end. And then yeah, this movie comes on, and it was like it's a Super Mario Brothers movie. I'm like, there's like <laughs> I looked around the room. I was like, there's no fucking way this is real because I was like, you know, just completely oblivious to yeah. what this thing is. And it yeah, feels like, like a fever dream. Yeah. Yeah, and seeing yeah, seeing it in the the middle of the night, you know, as a teenager, it's being like this is just like making me hallucinate just by sheer weirdness of itself. Seeing Yoshi as a dinosaur, and yeah, Yoshi looks cool. <laughs> John Leguizamo making yeah. jokes, yeah, it just doesn't feel real. I was like John so, Leguizamo yeah. as Luigi. He's Latino, right? So like that was yeah. like I was yeah. like, oh, this is representation. I can <laughs> I can uh, I don't know. I can uh, impose myself upon this person. This is one of those, those <laughs> yeah. decisions where they, they they made a great decision by changing it. They're like, okay, fuck. So weird. Fuck both of them being Italian. Like, one <laughs> yeah. clearly needs to be Latino. He's adopted. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to just they make narratively sure justify times it. Yeah. It's like, you want this movie to be for New Yorkers. You have to understand. <laughs> yeah. You got to get a, a guy who's Puerto Rican. I think John Leguizamo was Puerto Rican, right? Uh, I'm not sure. He's like uh, half. He's like half German or something. That up. But yeah, uh, that was like the last little like thought I had about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So yeah, we're gonna figure out if we're gonna continue further. Down. Yeah, what do you think? Because it's like I was excited to do these, 
And then watching this one, I was like, having to watch it critically, now I'm just paying attention to all the stuff that's like not working. And I know the next two are not as good. (laughs) Each one's a little worse. The thing that one of the things that happens in the next one is, I guess they decided they didn't want weapons in the movie because it's a kids movie. So every time they fight, they're like, like the opening scene's at a mall, and I think they fight in a deli, and instead of nunchucks, he's using like sausage links and stuff. And like oh, they're always trying to find creative ways to like get around having them awesome. use weapons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, I don't know, that's interesting. I like that they're all available on HBO Max. It'd be a, a relative, like they're, they're just right there waiting yeah. to be watched on a platter. And you know but, about the musical <laughs> guest in the next one, right? Uh, is it a rapper? Yeah, uh, <laughs> that, that doesn't narrow it down much for the nineties. You don't um, know, okay? I don't, I don't know. Maybe we do head. have what? to watch the next one. Is it, is it like Vanilla Ice or? Yes, <laughs> it is Vanilla Ice. It's actually Vanilla Ice. I'm gonna laugh. <laughs> it is. I'm not joking. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's that's, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Watching these movies, like nineties movies, and like these comedies with a different lens, is is really just bizarre because. Yeah, sometimes you can just Yeah, what was the world studio. like? What did 9-11 do to us that we've lost touch with this time period? Oh, that's... <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. That's a, a far deeper question. Uh, yeah, just, yeah. Some of, sometimes they'll, like, they'll hold up, like, you know, they'll be ironclad and they'll be totally fine. Or sometimes they'll, you know, completely fall off and yeah. it's completely, like, I don't know, it's ruined by... Yeah, political correct, political correctness or whatever, sort of just growing out of older st- older trends and shit. So I don't know. I like sort of going back and rewatching them and having a different lens because sometimes it'll be like perfect, and then it'll just be one terribly racist joke or something. Yeah, or it'll be something like, just like t- <laughs> sort of like just tucked in there Ooh, that you weren't really aware of, and you're like, "Fuck!" Like this movie was perfect until like it's you know this one blemish on it. And so I don't know. It's it's always fascinating to go back and look. I think the '90s. Like, the 90s was a great time to be a kid. It felt like, you know, Nickelodeon became a thing. Cartoon Network became a thing. We were being way yeah. more marketed to. Um, Happy Meals and shit. Uh, yeah. There was, like, what was that kid zone? There was, like, a the Discovery Zone, where it was just a business that was just a indoor playground. I never went, but I'm sure it was yeah. disgusting. Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> um, yeah, a lot of uh, just, you know styrofoam pits or not styrofoam pits ball pits and stuff well yeah just like those attached to fast food places yeah a lot of that shit and i wonder if like i wonder how being a kid then compares to being a kid now like because now kids have the internet like we had the internet too but like it's such a different beast than it was back then yeah i don't know i feel like yeah because we're at an odd cut off because i remember a time very distinctly before that and then very distinctly after and just like the the slow gla- uh, gradual approach to getting a handheld device and how mm-hmm. that made a big difference and everything but yeah i don't know like i i feel like it's every older generations it's it's damn near our duty to say like oh yeah well yeah, it looks like we, they're, they're, we grew up like, at the best time <laughs> yeah. yeah it looks like they're they're way sadder they're not enjoying it as much but i don't know they, they could just be you know on their cell phones watching just the clips of these movies or the mm. remakes or whatever and just fucking enjoying it making memes out of it yeah. uh digesting it however they're supposed to be digesting it but yeah i don't know fucking yeah if, as my, my perspective is yeah it's like i was early 90s literally 1990 so yeah it's like if 
I wasn't really into meeting you know, the turtles and I wasn't going to get exposed to them very often. I was more into Power Rangers and other yeah. shit. So that's those are the things I have like more in my mind and I could reflect on a little bit better, but I don't know. It's it's very strange. We definitely had a little bit more I don't know, a little bit more disconnection, which, you know, be for better or for worse. Yeah. Yeah. Just a different way of engaging with the stuff that we were exposed to also. Um, is that everything for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Yeah. <laughs> we can, yeah. can continue to wax poetic about the 90s and nostalgia. Yeah. <laughs> Being older while watching stuff. But uh, yeah, uh, what did you? What have you been watching this week? Uh, so I went and saw Last Night at Soho. Is it Last Night at Soho or Last Night in Soho? I saw that movie. Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's really good. Uh, Edgar Wright. Like, he is a fantastic director. He's incredibly skilled. There are moments in this movie where you're just like, thank God for Edgar Wright, because, you know, his technical skill is... Okay, okay, there's a there's a dance sequence in this movie where Matt Smith is dancing with Anya Taylor-Joy, and it is a one long shot where the camera is panning around him, well, panning around the two of them as they are dancing together. And occasionally he'll like extend his arm out and like twirl her and the camera will go behind his back. And then when the camera emerges from behind his back, it is Thomasin McKenzie instead of Anya Taylor-Joy. And mm, they okay. are just highly choreographing the placement of the camera and the placement of these actresses so that they can switch them in and out of the shot to make it look as if he is dancing with one partner, but the partner keeps changing between two actresses. Um, yeah, yeah. And it is so fucking smooth. It is, unfortunately, it happens pretty early in the movie because I think it is like the scene from this movie. Um, mm-hmm, but, yeah. but yeah, he like there are moments in this movie where you're just watching Thomas and McKenzie run down an alleyway, and it even that is shot well <laughs> and a yeah. joy to watch. And um, I think from like a story perspective, like the movie is much stronger in its first half than its second half. Uh, it kind of drags on a little bit in the second half, which I think might be a problem with Edgar Wright's movies because sometimes I feel like he can cut some of these down a bit. But um, yeah, yeah. And then I think there is, uh, yeah, I, I want you to see it because I want to, I want to get into it. But um, there is one major problem with this movie, um, and I think a lot of the negative criticisms that I've been seeing on Twitter or a lot of the you know, most interesting conversations, a lot of the controversial conversations um, emerge out of, like, to what degree do people not like this this flaw in the movie? Uh, because it okay. does feel like a very obvious problem, uh, and it has to do with the end, so I can't even talk about it. <laughs> um, oh, okay. But, well, um, yeah, I'm going to... Yeah, definitely want to get to it before this week is over. Yeah. Yeah, L- Last Night in Soho, solid shit. Um, I also watched... I started watching um reservation dogs which is okay. it's a series on hulu that um taika watiti is one of the producers or one of the writers on um yeah. it is about these kids who live on a uh a reservation these uh, native american kids uh four of them who go around doing various crimes trying to get money so that they can move out to california um and early into the first episode um sort of our central character he has a vision of this native man who once went to battle with Custer and he's telling him, you can't abandon your home. You got to like stay and defend your home. And like, um, 
so that kind of gives him pause and a reason to change his perspective about going out to California. Yeah. So I'm only I'm only a couple episodes in, but I'm really enjoying it. Good. It's really really well written. It's really funny. Um, yeah, so I've heard good things. That sounds good. Yeah, and then the last thing is I finally finished Invincible after like a <laughs> fucking year or however, um, and it's great. Invincible's good. Yeah. <laughs> I should have stuck yes, with yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, it's like a really gnarling climax mm-hmm. to the uh, sort of like uh, spoilers to Invincible uh, mm-hmm. before we get into the ending of it. But yeah, this like the, the, the slow progression of, uh, I forget his name, but uh, the main character. Mark, I think his name is. Uh, yeah, like Mark's progression of like, yeah, like sort of figuring, figuring his entire thing out with the powers and all that stuff. But and the, uh, ending with like this fight against his dad is like such as like this huge thing. And then, for it to sort of have more to say after that was like uh, it, the way that it does it. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's really interesting with the, the guy, the Seth Rogen character. Uh, yeah. It's like, yeah, like tell you more about this. And yeah, there's a picture floating around Reddit around the time when, uh, it finished airing. There is like a little picture of, a uh, of like, yeah, like this is the fight with invincible and his dad. It's like, just like at the very beginning of this huge, just compendium of, yeah. Just like this, this massive tome of volumes of Invincible. So, I mean, yeah, I, uh, I get the uh, sense that it's like it's the first season is going to be kind of like a superhero teen family drama, and then yeah. it's building towards a fucking galactic war. <laughs> yeah, it looks like a massive story, and so yeah. it's just like the tip of it. But yeah, just like the prog- the progression from the beginning to that to yeah, just the scale of the violence in that last couple of episodes this is really alarming, and what makes it just kind of worthy of conversation just because it's, it's like what the fuck it's just it's very intense glad you finished it i think amazon with it between this and the boys it feels like they have the best superhero content from any streaming service okay yeah like i never unless we're saying like still... unless you know the marvel movies are better the marvel movies are interesting um they're a fun they're, piece they're, of pop culture but they're more their own thing yeah but yeah disney plus is uh, yeah i guess they have the somewhat of the the closest because yeah netflix has sort of stepped out of that but yeah yeah I, i've never really watched the boys and so the first season we binged that like that was one of the few seasons where one of the few uh tv shows where we actually binged it like we were like hooked okay. on that um yeah i think the first season is worth watching the second season we started it and then we just kind of you know navigated away from it um we'll probably get back yeah. into it soon but but now we're watching reservation dogs so Okay, that's what happens. That's how shows flow. You go from one to the other. Sometimes you get back to it. Sometimes you don't. Do you know what the boys is about? Yes. Okay. So we don't got to get. I've seen. (laughs) I think I've seen like one episode of the second season, Hmm. but I couldn't tell you how early or it was like early, like the second or third episode or something like that. Okay. Yeah, you got to start with the first. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um. What have you been watching lately? So this week I saw Eternals. Oh fuck! Okay, what'd you think? I enjoyed it. I had a good time. It was a certainly like not a superhero movie that I would think everyone would enjoy, just because of I don't know. It, it certainly is a little bit more uh, like a loftier kind of movie, and it definitely focuses more on romance and uh, I don't know. Yeah, just hmm. the entire package of itself seems very much like something that would be polarizing and so that sort of seems to be 
the the case is very uh, divisive amongst people. People are like not really sure if they like they love this movie or they fucking hate this movie. But yeah, I, I don't know. It, it sort of falls in line with what uh, Chloe Zhao's been doing. It's like doing tender character pieces, and this is yeah, it's like that, but it's a little bit on a, a bigger scale with this larger cast. Yeah, of, like I feel like uh, that's like, interesting heroes <laughs> like without seeing it i feel like that would be the biggest obstacle it's like how do you juggle all these fucking characters like guardians of the galaxy had yeah. a lot of characters to introduce and it succeeded but if they had two more like that would be it would be yeah, very difficult it is, it is tricky and i don't know if this movie does it perfectly but it does a a, a really a fair attempt at trying to show how these characters sort of pair off and group off into mm. a lot of little subsections and okay. they have their dramas going on within them and yeah it's yeah not really focused much of them like working as a group but how this group sort of deals with problems within themselves and I don't know I, I enjoyed it um, yeah I am looking forward to a lot of other things in theaters a lot though. so I sort of kind of like I wanted to get this one out of the way so mm-hmm. to speak it's like which is sucks to say but yeah I was looking forward to it. I'm happy I saw it. It was a good time. But yeah, I, I do want to see like the French Dispatch and yeah. Last Night in Soho. I really want to see. Um, uh, I think it's pronounced Titane or mm-hmm. Titane. Um, but do you know? Do you know that one? No. I think it's about a woman who like fucks a car or something. I don't know. She's a oh, dancer. <laughs> it looks great. <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> um, but yeah, I've heard it's really good. Um, where do you place Eternals in your in your Marvel? We don't need an exact ranking, but like, is it up top? Is it down low? Mid level? Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say it's down low. I would say it's somewhere like mid level up towards the top. But yeah, it does. I do have my criticisms with it, um, but I don't want to spoil it too much. But yeah, it is. It's solid. I think. I think it's a solid movie, and yeah, it's it's a nice little breath of fresh air considering, like. Okay, I'll say this. So this movie has two post credit scenes hmm. that does the typical MCU thing of like, so. okay, yeah. wink, like, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, like, here's kind of a hint of what's to come and, like, characters we're going to focus on. And clearly when it's doing that, it's like, okay, like, this end, like, this is a train that is not stopping mm-hmm. anytime soon. And so, like, it's cool that, like, yeah, like, uh, No Way Home is coming out, which is doing some, like, other radical stuff. We have the the second Doctor Strange movie that sounds interesting with Sam Raimi directing mm-hmm. it. But besides those two, like, I don't know, there's it, a lot of stuff coming. And so it's, this movie is clearly, like, a small puzzle piece in, like, this really big, like, this wave, this huge, like, a lot of, a lot of extra shit is coming very soon and so i feel like eternals is just like a, a little small like oh here's a nice little emotional romantic kind of movie just mm. to, to sort of to be calm like, things kind down of a, a little lot, bit <laughs> a little bit or sort of just like okay like hey like shit is about to get really big it like the scale is gonna go up a lot you know mm. and so i don't know this is the it, calm before nice. the storm a little bit yeah i feel like this nice little compromise of like okay like it's about to get like nuts and we're going to barrel towards another big event. So here's a nice little small director, small movie to kind of yeah. just sh- to show that we can do movie. something. That's weird. I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> no. uh, it's, it's calling Eternals a small movie is like definitely uh, not the correct way to describe it. <laughs> okay. like, the scale is pretty grand. It's like, I think there's literally, there's nine of them. So yeah, it is like a big, 
and they're like, I mean, it takes place they over live forever. a long period of time. <laughs> so. Yeah, it takes place over like a like a ton of fucking time. But as far as like the like what the characters are dealing with is like it's like it's more it's personal. Kind of I guess. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, more personal. The stuff that they're fucking dealing with. It's like hmm. a movie about these Greek gods that are like in love with each other, basically, and like they're just struggling with that. And so that that's essentially what Eternals is about. So now I I'm interested. But, uh, yeah, we'll see when I get out yeah. to it. Yeah, Brian Tyree Henry does a good job. Our boy, Barry Kogan, mm-hmm. friend of the show, does a great job. <laughs> Kumail, they, they, it's great. It's just really good cast. Yeah, wild cast. Yeah, it is, it is. But it is like a very like a, a personal, quiet movie in comparison to, you know, Civil War, Infinity War, Big Power Glove yeah. War, yeah. <laughs> Portal War, <laughs> all those war movies, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's what I watched this week, um, and I've been yeah just like watching. Now that I have uh, satellite again, I'm living with satellite. Uh, I've been watching Seinfeld oh, on TV, nice. <laughs> and then, yeah, just enjoying that. I know that you made, we, you posted on Twitter about the aspect ratio on on Netflix, Netflix yeah, being messed up, but it seems to be okay on t- on the TV. It's full full screen. I think so. not widescreen. Um, not, uh, it, it might be widescreen. Okay. Yeah, it's definitely widescreen. Yeah, that was the problem with Simpsons. They gave you the option though on Disney Plus. You can watch either one. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well, it's happy I'm able to sort of join the cult a little late. Did you? You never watched Seinfeld before? No, not really. I binge watched Curb Your Enthusiasm during the quarantine when it like first started, and there's a lot of that show that's sort of dedicated to Seinfeld and just making jokes about that and those actors but yeah I, I, my parents watched it growing up and i never understood the appeal of it always it always looked boring to me like just, yeah. just like there's just people talking like it's tv shows track it's like yeah. it doesn't age well yeah yeah this is i was totally add watching anime that kind of shit so yeah uh, it didn't seem very interesting but now uh, being older, be, uh, I'm going to be 31 uh, this weekend. So yeah, I'm sort of like yeah, I understand the. Oh, thanks, I appreciate it. Um, I appreciate just like the silliness of George Costanza and like just <laughs> the things that are like really big in his life are just tend to be just 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 like fucking small and significant things that get blown out of proportion. And it's perfect for a sitcom. And yeah, I don't know, it's great. Um, so I've been kind of on the hunt for. What is the Seinfeld episode that you show to people who have never seen Seinfeld before to like get them interested? Because oh. a lot of times you need like sometimes you just feel like they're not that strong or like you need prior understanding of who these characters are. I watched this episode called The Race. It's from season six, episode ten. And I think it might be a good intro episode. Um Okay. And it's a ho- uh, it's a Christmas episode, so it's becoming seasonal. If you want to check it out, <laughs> we're almost okay. we're almost in the season. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, I, do you, are you familiar enough with the show? If I like sort of described what the plot of the episode was, you'd be able to know what the name of the episode is. Oh, no. Is. But go ahead. Okay. <laughs> I, I, um, I might know the episode, but not like the episode name. Um, essentially, the setup for George's problem is that he's, he's supposed to be hanging very closely to 
his superior taking notes about this new project and the guy walks into the bathroom and he stays into the hallway and he hangs out inside the hallway awkwardly then he goes inside and then the boss is still finishing what he says like okay like i finished what i told you that's go do the project now so george being outside the bathroom obviously didn't listen yeah he didn't get it (laughs) and so then he spends the entire rest of the episode trying to figure out ways to get the boss to tell him (laughs) what the project was without him actually just asking that because of course you can't just ask him that because you know it's not comedy and so yeah he he just just sort of (laughs) fumbles around with these awkward conversations and it's just like this is it's so fucking it's like it's it's so good but it's like how the fuck who like who like thinks of just these small things and how to snowball them into just these great 20 yeah larger problems yeah i don't know yeah, Elaine battling a woman who refuses to wear a bra and just, <laughs> just, just absurd shit. Well, a lot of it is like, sure. you know, you get together with a room full of people and they just start telling stories from their lives of like, what's something that annoyed you? What's like a time you, anytime you had an issue, what's a funny story that happened to you? And yeah. then you just start mining those stories for ideas. And it's like, okay, well, what if that happened under some other circumstance? Like, what if, what if that story you just told me happened at a funeral? Like, how would that play out? And yeah, yeah. what if instead of, um, you know, someone, I don't know, not wearing a bra, <laughs> like you just replace it with a different article of clothing and you find some or a different, uh, not in the workplace, but some other place like you find. Yeah, you find yeah. ways to. Did you ever watch Kirby Enthusiasm? I watched a little bit of it, but um, yeah, it's just not something I kept up with. It was great, but it's just now I'm at the point where there's so many episodes. I'm like, I'll never be able to. I'll never be able to climb that mountain, you know? But also, it feels so over the top because, like, I understand, like, the small, nuanced little, like, things that happen to characters or people or whatever to sort of spawn those Seinfeld stories. But for Kirby Enthusiasm, it's like Larry living in Hollywood and all of Hollywood having, like, a grudge against him in one way or another. And so it's like, I don't know, it's flexing in one way or it's like, oh, look, look at the guests we got in this week or, like, just the star power on the show is really magnetic and it can sort of just have a lot of people come in either playing themselves or just playing an antagonist to larry but it's it's so over the top that it's just like this is just so far out of reality that like, even yeah like larry david being a relatable person in some in some degree but still like a, a total asshole but like i don't know he has some of that human draw but the rest of it is just like how is this even possible that you know john ham was going to be playing you in a movie and now more awkward things are happening and so yeah i appreciate seinfeld for being like okay this is just like smaller smaller shit still really goofy circumstances but overall it's just like it's not hollywood based so it's not like this game of cameos kind of thing yeah one of the problems with curb your enthusiasm is like i've had friends binge that show and then they start to think like larry david like it's, <laughs> yeah. it's like the way you like develop yeah. man- your friend's mannerisms or something like that it's like I don't, especially in, in the pandemic, I don't spend enough time with my friends to take on their mannerisms. But if you're watching <laughs> a show and you're getting this injection of Larry David's, you know, personality into your brain for hours, you're going to, you're going to take on those mannerisms. You're going to start looking at things a little differently in a way that might not be enjoyable. Yeah, it's, it's, it gets a little scary. Yeah. You put on that, yeah. that Larry David mask and <laughs> you start to see the, the world in a completely different lens. Yeah. Everything's annoying. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, okay, that's that's great. Okay, so we're gonna figure out if we're gonna 
do yeah do we want to continue with ninja turtles or shall we pivot what are you thinking like i'm down to pivot but like yeah you've made me want to watch the second one okay just to see let's it. fucking do yeah. it <laughs> okay all right but wait but next week uh is it your turn to pick something i think so yeah, yeah. i didn't quite think think of that um yeah we'll figure it out all right yeah still figuring it out go, go into the 60s strong yeah have shit figured out next time all right but yeah this has been episode 59 of Vague Zone. If you would like to contact us, you can email us vaguezonepod at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at vaguezone on the Twitter. If you have questions, comments, concerns, or movie suggestions, fran- franchise suggestions, tell us what to watch. If you want us just to keep watching Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies, there's, there's plenty more, so we can just keep watching every single one if you want us to. Um, yeah, this has been episode 59. I'm Thomas. And I'm Daniel. And we will catch you on the next one. All right, see ya. On the half shell, they're the heroes for. In this day and age, who could ask for more? The crime wave is high with muggings mysterious. All police and detectives are furious because they can't find the source of this lethally evil force. This is serious, so give me a quarter. I was a witness, get me a report.